On today's Moment in Time, we'll be looking at an intersection of history and popular culture in the naming of NASA's first shuttle orbiter. In the early days of NASA, even before the moon landings, plans were made to create a fleet of crafts that could be repeatedly launched into space and return again safely. Work did not begin on the program in earnest until after the successful Apollo missions. The shuttle program began officially in 1972 and was the main focus of NASA's manned missions after 1975. The intent was to build a fleet of reusable vehicles that could be used to perform scientific experiments and deliver materials for the building of a space station in low Earth orbit, then later supply that station with goods and personnel. Construction of the prototype began in August of 1972. The orbiter, designated OV-101, was intended to be first used for atmospheric launching and landing tests, then later retrofitted to be used for actual spaceflight. As construction continued, it became clear that it would be finished in time for its presentation to coincide with the celebrations around the bicentennial of the Declaration of Independence in 1976. The unveiling was scheduled for Constitution Day, the 17th of September. In the months leading up to the launch of the shuttle, the White House and NASA were deluged with tens of thousands of letters from Star Trek fans, insisting that the new orbiter be named Enterprise. This effort was led by Bijot and John Trimble, who had been instrumental in conducting the letter-writing campaign that saved Star Trek from cancellation. President Gerald Ford met with representatives from NASA about a month before the scheduled rollout. They agreed that Enterprise would be a fine name for the orbiter, not only because it would make happy the millions of fans of the show, who were also great supporters of NASA, but also because it was a name with a long tradition in the American Navy. The potential for good public relations was not ignored either. The orbiter was presented to the public on the 17th of September in 1976 with great fanfare in a ceremony that included the creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, and most of the show's cast. It was used for the first atmospheric tests in October 1977 and for many subsequent tests that pointed out important design elements that needed to be fixed on the shuttles being built for actual spaceflight. These design changes were implemented in the Columbia, which made the first shuttle flight into space in November of 1982. Enterprise was intended to be rebuilt to allow it to be made spaceworthy, but by the mid-1980s, enough changes had been made that it was no longer cost-effective to do so. Enterprise continued to be used for atmospheric testing until 1985, when it was retired and given to the Smithsonian Institution for Preservation and Display. It was first displayed in Dulles International Airport and then moved to the Air and Space Museum late in 2003. This move followed a short time back with NASA's engineers in order to help determine the cause of Columbia's destruction in February of 2003 and what modifications were needed to assure the safety of the crews of Discovery, Atlantis, and Endeavor. The Enterprise is now displayed at the intrepid Air and Sea Museum in New York City, where it was added to the collection in 2012. I'm Christina DeClerc-Zalagi, and this moment in time is a production of Delta College Broadcasting in collaboration with Delta's History Department.